This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash redbullrant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and Once a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Iapico. I'm Truman. I found a Euro five-cent piece, and this is episode 151, Detailed Instructions for Crushing the Revolution. Uh, Today seems to be a weird day. Um, Truman randomly found a a Euro coin, and... Pat apparently is down in Guatemala uh, trying to bring some joy to those fans that are devastated by Guatemala's Gold Cup exit. <laughs> I just, I, chaos. I, I, it's chaos down there. Meanwhile, I worked a nine to five job. I came home and all this shit's going on. I, like, I, I just don't get it. It's just crazy, huh? Insanity. You know what else is kind of uh, insane? The Red Bulls putting up four goals on the Revolution, three <laughs> inside the first fifteen or sixteen minutes. I think it is. Yeah. I, uh, I, was it fastest three goals ever in MLS history. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't watch the uh, Revolution game live because up in New Jersey for something. Um, but I was watching it the next day, and my only thoughts as after the third goal was um, the and especially after uh, Steve Cangelosi made a point of saying that the Red Bulls had honored some uh, of the women's World Cup team, and my first thought was. Man, the revolution are getting out Japaned here. <laughs> I think that was all of our thoughts. And I was just like, "Come on, get that fourth goal! I want to beat the the time it took the, the women to do it." Unfortunately, couldn't. But they did get a fourth goal eventually, so at least there's that. Yeah. It was nice. <sighs> wow, that was just insane. Like Ray Phillips finally has two goals that weren't penalty kicks in the same yeah. game. Yeah. Just three abs. I mean, those three goals were awesome. Awesome. That yeah. second goal, uh, work of art have to say. I mean, that, that first goal was pretty amazing, too. Lloyd, that that was that was the first goal from NYCFC. Lloyd Sand takes it to the touchline, and like, as the ball's literally rolling out of bounds, just like, oh, nope, we're good. <laughs> and Ken flicks it on to Wright Phillips. And then that cross that hits Wright Phillips square on the head, it's just like, where the fuck is I that don't know. here? I don't know. Well, it definitely showed up against a uh, depleted Revs team, that's for sure, and that's fine. I, I don't care if well, they don't either. Or not. Like don't that, either. That that cross against most teams probably doesn't happen because somebody's in the way. Right, Phillips just out tussled his guy for the ball. It was just it was from Sims' accuracy to Wright Phillips working that header. That was just a thing of beauty. And then he he almost had the hat trick. He was like he he was a matter of inches away on the head and like a foot or two away yep. from the post. And it's just oh. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Finally, a big, a big game. You know, probably. Uh, I mean, one of their best all-around games all season, if not the best uh, all-around game. Well, I mean, it was the first time they the scored, bottom. First time they scored four, four goals this year. Yep. Um, I think that was their first 
MLS three uh, goal victory because they did have three uh, three nothing over um, Atlanta. I think they even I think it was four one against the Cosmos too. So, but it was the first three goal victory in MLS. I mean, right. And probably more importantly, this was the first uh, not the first, but like you know a, a real test of the back line without Chris Duvall. Connor Lee had a pretty decent job at, at right back. Yeah. And then Anthony Wallace, who's been with uh, the USL side, steps in once again for like his second start. And he, in both spot starts this year so far, he stood on his head. I, actually, no, I'm sorry, that's not true because he played against Columbus, didn't he? I think about it. Yes. Uh, wait, no, wait, no, no, no. I think Lawrence played against uh, Columbus and then went away for the. I don't know. This this fucking Gold Cup has me all. <laughs> We sent we sent three defenders to the same fucking group, so I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little, yeah. little too much. But anyway, right? Uh, Anthony Walls again with a, a decent performance, put in, uh, subbed in for Kamar Lawrence. So uh, if I have to make a snap judgment, I'd say Roy Miller is gone at some point because we have two decent left backs that we don't need him anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. He's gonna come back. Well, he'll he's gonna definitely have a, a bench spot or something when he comes back immediately uh, with you know the injuries and stuff, but. Yeah, he, he could be playing second fiddle at this point. But I think he already is with Kamar Lawrence. But, he can be I, I, mean, I, I was going to say, like, he is a valuable asset because now you have a proven MLS left back who, granted, has his mo- bad moments, but by and large has been a, pr- has been a pretty decent left back. Um, the only issue is Kamar Lawrence against some sniffs from Europe, so maybe he could be gone, which means Miller's your in- insurance. But if Kamar Lawrence is not gone, then all of a sudden you have some trade bait out there. Um, maybe we can get some of that that sweet targeted allocation money for some. Oh yeah, let's throw some allocation money around. Yeah, or some international spots or whatever. You know, I think I, I, I think the galaxy needs about uh, three million dollars in allocation money so they can uh, have uh, all the players. Right? Yeah, at, at, that's got to be at least three million at this point. <laughs> I mean, the weird thing is, any we only get half a million in in the five year stretch. I don't know where they're getting this other two point five from. There's not many teams that would give up that much so quickly, but. Uh, you never know. All right, so let's get into this one with our dislikes of the game. Truman, what did you dislike about this one? Very hard to dislike anything because it was a very good game. Uh, I have two since Pat's not here. I'll fill in a little bit. One personal, one in the game. Personally, I don't like the reception I have at work because when I'm watching the game and I try to make a quick comment on Twitter, it takes about five minutes for the tweet to go out, so then the tweet doesn't even make sense anymore little frustrating when you're trying to make that uh, U.S. women's national team versus Japan joke, and and the moment's passing, 15 people already said it, you know? Just saying. Just saying. Can we please put a cell tower where I work? Thank you very much. Uh, now, with the game, Salzizo, I, I hate this stutter step on the PK. It's first. I can't stand it. One needs to stop stutter stepping and just aim and shoot. That's all you have to do. Aim and shoot. Keep it low. Goal goes in the net. I don't know why they've suddenly forgotten how to take penalty kicks. Dear God, stop the stutter step. You're killing me, people. You're killing me. Eh, really, that's about it. I mean, the defense fell asleep on the one goal they gave up, but meh, they were already up 3-0. I could let it slide. Yeah, I don't know if I could actually dislike anything in this one. I mean, the, the three goals happened so quickly. I think the rest of the game, I was in fuck it mode and just didn't care what happened. Um the funny thing was, like, my wife turned to me and was like, so I guess you don't need to watch anymore. It's like, well, no, because God forbid that the revolution come back. I can't be that guy that turned off the game, right? Listen. I mean, granted, I was. I'm granted, I wasn't watching this live, but I, I couldn't be that guy who stopped watching because they were up three nothing. I, I don't care if the score is twelve nothing. Either way, we we have a job to do. Damn it, we have to watch these games. 
Well, th- this is the this is the kind of analogy I use is um what, what last year when Germany just completely blitzkrieged uh, Brazil. Did you stop watching that game? No. Most people would say no, and you know why? Because they wanted to see how bad it would get. Yep. They knew it was going to end. They just wanted to see how bad it was going to be, and that's uh, that's why. Like, and I, my wife kind of said the same thing when the U.S. went up for nothing against Japan. I was like, "Fuck that! I want to see how far they take this. I want to see." Of course. Like, this could be like a seven nothing blowout in the World Cup final. You can't tell me to turn this off because who the hell soccer fan am I going to be watching the first four goals? Like, eh, fuck it, and then. Going to work the next day, and the, the maybe one person that happens to have watched the game said, "Hey, did you see that seven nothing game? Like, what? What are you talking about? It was four. And and also, you know, when you do a podcast about the team, you, you kind of have to watch well, the games despite the score. And none of us have ever, 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 ever in the history of this podcast ever not watched the game we talk about. Right? Never, never happened. <coughs> never happened. Nope. Nope. <coughs> nope. Nope. Never All happened. Right. Got some more every game ever. <laughs> Some water went around, went down the wrong pipe there. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so uh, I, there's not really much for me to dislike. I was just kind of, you know what it was? Um, it was, it was ended up being a long weekend because uh, I didn't originally plan to go up to New Jersey this past weekend. I kind of did to see my sister off to, uh, she's going off to teach somewhere. And so it's just kind of like Thursday night, I decide to go up to New Jersey. Friday, I pack, go up, have dinner on Saturday. Uh, was supposed came home relatively early on Sunday. Had to mow the lawn. Had to do grocery shopping, laundry, all this other crap that I couldn't do because I was gone. And like by the time I sat down to watch the game, it was like seven o'clock at night. And when they go up three nothing, like fuck it, I'm just gonna be happy the rest of the night because I deserve <laughs> this. So there was nothing for me to dislike at all about that game. <laughs> no, it's 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 hard. It's really it's just nitpicky. That's it. It's just yeah. nitpicking. All right. So what did you like the most about this one? Uh, everything. Uh, but if if we have to be particular, I'll just bring it back to that second goal. The the setup was so perfect, and the best part was uh, the Kanji man saying, uh, "You know, I'm, I I don't have the quote exactly, but the Pat Grella gets the ball, and as he's passing it to Lloyd Sam, he says something like, "Oh, the Red Bulls are setting up something up here. Oh, bam, goal! <laughs> yeah, oh, they're setting something up. Yeah, they're putting another one in the net, and then a few minutes later, they put a third one in the net. So that that was great. I mean, I." I love it, and when you watch a game like this and when you see the offense play like that, it makes you wonder how they lose any games. When when they have a particular game where the offense clicks so well, how do they lose? I, I don't I don't know. I just want that team every night. That's all I ask for. That offense every night, day in and day out. My like is not going to be related to the game itself. It's the fact that we don't have any midweek games before or after that one. Oh, it is a treat, isn't it? It is. Don't get used to it. I know. We'll be talking about that in the third segment. That's going to be some fun times coming up for the Red Bulls. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. All right. Um. So predictions. I actually updated the spreadsheet this week. Woohoo! I went back and did the last five games since I apparently didn't do that far back. So I am not going to go through and read the results for every game. Um. Just a reminder, NYCFC we ignored because I forgot to ask everybody else for their stuff. Which I took three points. I took points off the board for myself, which pisses me. Which I pissed myself off with that, but I, it's only fair. Um, so therefore, the standings currently sit at uh, Truman is you are in first with 15 points. That's right. Tied for second right now, three-way tie between Austin Fido, 
Pat McDonald, who leapfrogged me, that son of a bitch. <laughs> and let's play FIFA, the video game, which hasn't been played in... Let's see, how many how many games has it been? Four games. It's <laughs> been right. played in four games. Let's play FIFA officially disqualified from the tournament. <laughs> Um, tied all four or all three are tied with eleven. I sit in fifth with ten points. Uh, Bobby Salentano, Aaron Bauer, Steve Toto in sixth with nine. Jason R B and Y at ninth. The Red Bull rank guests and Anthony Ali tied in tenth. Lester Townsend in twelfth. Frank Maduri in thirteenth. And Shiloh Grayson in fourteenth. Next year we're really cutting everybody else out. No, no, no offense to them, but it, I, I made this ridiculous this year keeping all these people in it. Right. So next year, next year's just us again. Yay! And I can win a third time in a row. Going back to the beginning, uh, I don't think you won last year. I won. Uh, record books is otherwise. Nope, I won. I think we all know that. I think we know I won. No, I don't think we do. I, I can show you the. I'll show, the I'll show you the spreadsheet. Undisputed champion. I'll show you the spreadsheet. After we're done. Undisputed. I've already talked to my lawyer. I, I don't want to call her a, another the third time. Well, you're going to cut the caller as many times as you need because you're not winning last year. And I'm the champ. <laughs> uh, all right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We're gonna, when we come back, we're going to have on with us uh, Kevin Mercer from the Espionation blog, The Mainland. So we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Are you one side? Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Uh, today we want to welcome onto the show from the SB Nation blog, The Mainland, and their podcast called The Podcast. That's right. Oh. <laughs> they're, really, right. they're really into the lion puns, apparently. Um, he is uh, a senior columnist for The Mainland, uh, Kevin Mercer. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, my first two important questions are, aren't you glad Jason didn't mess up your name? Because uh, that's what he does <laughs> to every guest. And are you actually, are you in Orlando? I am. I am an Orlando resident. Um, I actually have great grandparents who are from Orlando, or actually from Florida, not Orlando. So I'm a, I'm a Floridian and um, I've been a soccer fan in Orlando since uh, the 80s. So wow. I'm having a club, having a club here. It's been a dream come true. I, we, I supported them all the way through USL and then also in the uh, MLS as well. So it's been uh, quite an adventure for me as a as a local. So I, I, like I think it. I think Kevin's attempt to kill your credibility failed dramatically. No, the, well, <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because we've had guests and they've all been wonderful people. They're great guests, but we have a guy who does Chicago. He lives in Detroit. We have a guy who does Boston. He lives in Connecticut. I just want to make sure that you are. <laughs> You're in Legit, there. right? Wait, well, yeah. yeah. We, we have, we have uh, let's see, Pennsylvania and Maryland on this podcast. So. That's right. <laughs> yes, I, I, can, I can present my credentials for you guys. I, I definitely am a local uh, Orlando uh, soccer aficionado from back in the day. So uh, that's what I, I like to I actually watched the old Orlando Lions from, like, the between the NASL and MLS period. There was kind of all those different small clubs and different things going on. There were actually two uh, generations of Orlando Lions teams back then. In the 80s and 90s, so as a kid, I watched those teams too. So, so what? What, what is it with Florida or Orlando and the Lions? I don't get this. I mean, you <laughs> have the you have the Magic and then the Lions. How did that come about? You know, I think the first team um, was led, and I think they chose the team the name Lions. I don't really know why. We do have a lot of Englishmen who live here, 
um, and certainly an active in the soccer community. I play against a lot of them sometimes. Um, I think when Phil brought the Austin Aztec to town, it was kind of obvious because he's a, you know, he's from Stoke city. And I think he liked the idea of the lions. And then we already had a team called the lions. So it seemed good to, to kind of use that as our moniker. So, um, yeah, I'm not totally sure how we ended up with it from the beginning, but um, but it's it's been around for a very long time. So, and, and what's nice there's there's absolutely every ty- uh, way to avoid being Disney anything. No, yeah, no. we we are we are sponsored by by Disney though, so we do have, we do get uh, we, luckily it's not a shirt, but we do get some Disney advertising in the stadium every once in a while. So, well, that's okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> at least your line doesn't have mouse ears on it or anything. So, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so um, you know, for, for those fans of ours who don't know, um, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Orlando City, uh, it's their first year in MLS, but they existed in the past as a USL side, originally as the Austin Aztecs, now uh, Orlando City uh, Soccer Club. Uh, what does it mean to this fan base to uh, finally be an MLS club going into this year? You know, it's absolutely huge. And, and I know that every, you know, you talk to someone from Portland or Seattle and they'll tell you that the town's alive and the town has energy for the club. And, you know, and that, that's, that's true on probably on every sense. But in Orlando, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, I can remember going, I mean, I would actually went to the first game, which was against, I believe, FC New York, which has been folded. That was our first home league game, and I went to that game, and, and it was, you know, it was a mildly attended 7,000, 6,000, something, you know, kind of nice, but not anything huge. And as time went on and people started talking, the supporters groups got going, it became a thing. And all of a sudden, by the end of the first season, you know, it became the thing you do in town. And it's, it's just grown and grown. I mean, we, in our last USL Pro Final, um, you know, there were 20,000 people in the stadium, it was absolutely rocking. You know, Don Dwyer comes back and scores four goals in a completely chaotic match. Um, so you know, the, the support here has been fantastic. I'd say the only, our only negative is we're, we're spoiled. We're used to winning, and we like winning a lot. <laughs> we expect to win. So I think we kind of come in with a little bit of a cockiness, um, which maybe, we, maybe most MLS clubs don't think we really deserve. Um, but we definitely are used to winning, and we expect to win. You know, whenever we hit the field, we expect to win. So, and isn't it nice that your team, uh, you know, you guys came into the league with a fan base, and you weren't a team that had to have a team like had to have a fan base fabricated, made up, invented. <laughs> I.e., another team that came in this year. Yeah, we're, we're talking about our mutual enemies, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I really do feel that way, though. I mean, because. You know, again, as a longtime soccer fan, as somebody who understands, you know, European soccer and pr- promotion relegation, I felt like we got promoted in a lot of ways. You know, it was more financial promotion than, than playing promotion. But, you know, seeing that fan base kind of get rewarded and then seeing them kind of, you know, all those people, I mean, we always were like, hey, come on, you know, all your friends and you know, the people, guys you work with, they're like, got to come to a game, got to come to a game. And then finally, all those people were like, hey, I kind of want to go to a game now. Like, now that we're in MLS, everyone wants to show up and see, you know, a big thing. But, you know, it's legitimate. It's organic. You know, there's magnets everywhere. There's flags everywhere. And it's no one, no one's paid us to, to line up a drum corps. A drum corps has been there oh. for, for years, you know. And, um, and yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how you get behind a team. And I always, the thing we joke around about here is how do you get behind a team that already has a, I mean, if you're, if you're a soccer fan in New York, why aren't you supporting Red Bulls? Right. They've been there for, you know, <laughs> for, for since the beginning. 
and have been a great club, you know, over the years, and certainly a great club to support. Why wouldn't you support them? Why would you go, yeah, I'm going to just have a new team. Yeah, yeah, I like them. And, you know, and then, of course, the Manchester City connections only makes it worse. So, yeah, so I certainly love – I love the, the, the build not bought is what we kind of call it, and we, I love that feeling. It feels very good to be a part of that. So, Did you come up for the draft or no? No, I did not. I wish I would have loved to have done that. So, yeah, I've got – I'm actually a grad student, so I've got a lot, much of a day job sometimes too. So, one of the best part about the draft was that uh, there was maybe like six uh, blue team fans, and the Orlando <laughs> fans just like crushed them. And we just joined in because we were behind the Orlando fans, and we just kind of teamed up and beat them up the entire time. It was a wonderful <laughs> time. It was it was supporter clubs coming together. They sent some of our best fans up there. We so we had a really nice contention up there, definitely. So, get a, a drunk um, narwhal up there. Uh, actually, Unicorn, yes. He's become kind of a weirdly, you know, Orlando institution. Um, and again, organic, though. This is just a guy who wears a unicorn unicorn outfit. I couldn't tell you why he does, but <laughs> he's sort of become this, this uh, Orlando institution and even has his own Twitter page. So, you know. I'm going to go follow that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Orlando Unicorn. I think, it's, I think it's at Orlando Unicorn, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. I, I think the best things are ones that you can't ever explain. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a point of reference for Rebels fans who don't, didn't understand that FC New York uh, a few minutes ago, uh, that was a, I believe, a USL side, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it um, was a USL for that, like a week and uh, a half, yeah. Yeah, they la- they lasted for all the season. The Red Bulls actually played them in the uh, Open Cup that year, and I think it was like a 2 nothing victory or something like that at uh, not unsurprising uh, empty Red Bull Arena. But uh, speaking <clears> – <throat> sorry, not speaking of USL. I, for some reason, I think you guys are still in it. I'm not sure. Are you guys still in the Open Cup? Yes, we are. Okay. Yeah, we play Chicago. Yeah, we're matched up with Chicago team. Okay. Away. Yeah. Away. Uh, <laughs> so. Another team that Rebel fans hate, so I guess we'll say yeah. good luck on that. Well, they um, knocked us out in our USL. We had a nice run in USL for the Open Cup, and they knocked us out. So we owe them some Open Cup revenge, too. So Just make sure you don't uh, send only your assistant coach and nine players like we did a few years ago to Chicago. <laughs> Well, with our injuries right now, we may only be able to send nine players. Well, no, well, nine injuries, you know, forced uh, forced for nine players is different than nine players by choice. I mean, so at least you guys have a legitimate excuse. Um, but so let, let's kind of go through some of the, the big names uh, that fans can expect to see out of Orlando City. Um, you know, most people know uh, Kaká and uh, Breck Shea, you know, just they're, they're big names. But who are some players that Red Bull fans uh, should be on the lookout for uh, from the USL or not the USL uh, from Orlando City? Well, we've got one of our young uh, designated players is uh, Carlos Rivas, and he is um, he's really exciting. He had a slow start. We've got two young DPs, um, both Rivas and Brian Rochez, and they both have kind of had a slow start. But Rivas has come on recently, and I, um, I don't know if y'all. I mean, if you go online and look at the um, the highlights from the West Brom game last night. Um, first of all, it's an amazing goal from Kaká, but it's also a uh, free kick from Rivas that will uh, hopefully strike fear to the hearts of Red Bull fans. It was a fantastic free kick. Um, so Rivas is fast, he's smart, and he really, really knows he knows what he's doing, and, and all he needs is a little bit more time and a little bit more chemistry, and that he's going to be a dangerous, dangerous player in MLS. But he's still really good. Um, another guy I like a lot is um, Rafael Ramos. He's a guy from uh, Portugal, from Benfica, and he came up. He actually played a year with us in um, USL. He is fantastic. He's a right back, and what you'll notice from our backs is our backs basically are part of the attack as well. 
our right and left back. Um, so you'll see him get get into the attack as well. Um, so those are two guys that I really I think are really really good. Um, and and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tally Hall. Um, he's really kind of big for us over and over again so far. And um, I think you you know he will. There's a lot of you know Red Bulls have a lot of firepower. And I think he's kind of one of those guys that can stop them. Along with, you know, we're coming into the season, our, our back line was our nerves. We were nervous for our back line, but it's actually been very, very good for us. And Aurelian Colin, and it looks like y'all will have a Seb Hines against you because uh, St. Ledger went down with an injury. But all the guys back there have done pretty good. So You, you know you have one of uh, the greatest arch enemies, uh, like one of the most hated players in MLS, right? In Colin? Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and I know why he's really, he is really, really frustrated to play against. I, I know why he's, he's big, he's menacing, and he's a, he's really good on the ball. I mean, his tackles are, are hair perfect sometimes, you know. You get nervous, you're like, he's going to take the guy out in the box. And no, no, he didn't. So yeah, no, no, he's, I, I, I wouldn't want to play against him either. If, I mean, that, that is one guy. Every year, you know, we play KC, and you're like, oh, boy, here we go again. And we go on Twitter, and it's like half F people talking about the game. It's just like, I hate this guy. And just like, yeah, he got carded. And we'd celebrate cards, and, oh, he's he's such a villain. You know, the thing is, he's such a nice guy. Like, I went to, when I went to Media Day, and, and you know, he's one of the nicest guys I met at Media Day. It was super, super nice guy. But I totally understand why. I mean, I would never want to play against him. And, uh, and yeah, he's he's – a menace in the back. I mean, he's really kind of held us together in a lot of ways. We actually have a couple of, uh, a couple of my friends in my, my fan group actually don't like when he plays because he thinks all the other defenders get lazy and they don't come back into things and just count on him doing it for them. So. <laughs> How's the, uh, the Breck Shea experiment gone so far? The Breck Shea experiment has gone, gone well except for his surgery today. He actually just came out of surgery um, on a sports, uh, sports hernia. And so he'll be out for about six weeks, supposedly oh, about six to seven weeks. So, yeah, so he's been good. I mean, he's, you know, with the national team duty, he kind of, it took him a little while longer to kind of settle in. But um, Luke Bowden, who you also will not face, he's got a red card in the last game against FC Dallas. Um, he and Luke Bowden work very, very well together. Um, I, Luke Bowden's a guy who played with us since the first year of USL. Um, he's a guy that's played with us for a very, very long time. And he's a fan favorite. Every, I mean, he really can do no wrong. Um, I always mention he's a little bit slow in the back. He'll kind of move into attack, and then he'll kind of be slow getting back sometimes just because he's not, like, the fastest guy on the field. And, and I'm not sacrilege for most of you. You'll have a fan to say that, but I will say that sometimes. And uh, Shea and him work well together. Shea bails him out quite a bit, and um, they work well. And then Shea also works very well with Kaka. Um, so it's been great, but luckily you won't face it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let, let's kind of shift gears from the players. Um, you, Orlando City currently uh, calls the Citrus Bowl their home. Uh, there's a stadium that's supposed to be going up uh, somewhere near downtown Orlando, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the whole situation? I mean, as far as I know, nobody really plays in the Citrus Bowl anymore except for some bowl games every year. But right. uh, what's So why is Orlando City looking for its, uh, its own stadium when they have a 60,000-seat stadium already? So the Citrus Bowl is a football stadium, and, and actually it's a very old football stadium. They just finished renovation um, this year, which definitely makes it a lot better. But you don't get very good sight lines um, in the Citrus Bowl. Um, there's, as a matter of fact, where I sit, um, I can't see the touchline. 
So when it goes down there, I don't really know what's going on. And there's been, there's been incidents down there. I'm like, who, you know, who pushed you and what happened? I, I can't see it. So, um, the sight lines a little bit bad and, and it just in general, it's, it's also a turf stadium and we don't like that. Other, I know, you know, people who come to it don't like it. But we don't like it either. Um, you know, we've had our rash of injuries and I wouldn't point at a turf, but I'd say I would think about it. You know, it's, it's, it's a suspect among other things as well. So, um, it's a great stadium. I think we'll still use it, um, for large games, you know, get a nice big, um, you know, playoff game or something in there. I think we, you'll see the Citrus Bowl continue to be a part of only these traditions. But the idea, and I think you guys understand this from having your own stadium versus maybe your neighbors who are playing in a baseball stadium, um, that you have, you know, a beautiful state-of-the-art soccer stadium that is made for soccer, and it's a home for soccer, and it feels comfortable for that, for that sport. Um, and the Citrus Bowl, it, you know, we love it. It's, it's been home for, you know, four years now. But at the end of the day, you were still shoehorning them into the, into the, into the stadium to make it, kind of make it work versus – having a perfect situation so now how far along i mean there were a couple um uh like barriers going up with the stadium i remember they said it was good to go they were putting shovels and dirt and then it did it stop for a little bit and we got started up again yeah so yeah so pol- you know politics and in florida as you guys know from watching every election we we're, <laughs> we're a crazy political state so well, nothing makes a lot of sense out here to, else to other people it doesn't make much sense to me either to be honest so um, so basically there was some money that was basically promised to the stadium from the state. Um, it was set aside, approved, you know, no, no contest on it at all, but part of a larger political battle made sure that they left that whole funding bill on the table. Um, it was part of a larger bill. And so basically it sat and they left, they recessed and, and never, it never got signed. So basically with that happening, we kind of had gone through all these hurdles of, of finding space and finding money and state money and city money and county money and approval and all the things that MLS wanted us to do to get in and, you know, all these things. And at the end of the day, basically, because we've had such good attendance to the stadium, because it feels so legitimate, like this is, this isn't a fly by night situation. This is something that really people are behind and, and, you know, our, our numbers are solid. You basically have a situation where the team said, you know what, we can fund this. Let's go for it. And so we are funding, a larger stadium than originally planned. The original stadium was to be about 19,000, uh, which makes your conversation about Citrus Bowl very, very valid. Like, why would you move to 19,000 when you're averaging, you know, 30,000? Um, so what we're planning on now is a stadium between 25 and 29,000, and it will be privately funded and owned by the club. So you know, you know what words I love? Privately funded. Isn't it nice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, what, it, what it means is we can do what we want to do now. So all those things that we're trying to kind of make this work or, you know, you know, kind of make it a simple stadium and we're kind of looking at the bare bones kinds of things to do to make it kind of look pretty but not, you know, not too expensive. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, the kind of the, the lid's off and we can, we can do those things that maybe we couldn't do before. And I think that's going to make it a, a really exciting place to play, an exciting place for you guys to visit. You know, it's, it's one of those places that people want to come visit you know, the fans, the, the way fans will enjoy as well. So that, that was a big part of uh, Red Bull Arena when the Red Bulls bought the team. And originally they were going to share uh, the cost of them with uh, AEG, AIG, I don't know, whatever the hell that annoying company AEG. was. AEG. AEG. <laughs> so they were going to share it until Red Bull said, screw that. We're going to buy all of the rights to build this stadium. And instead of getting your typical open air, here's a stage on one side of the field. You know, Pizza Hut Park, you got what you now see in Red Bull Arena. 
And, right. like, you know, it's really huge for a fan to have that. And there's it's funny because a lot of teams who've opened stadiums after that, they haven't done that. Sporting KC has. Um, they have a great they have a great stadium, but like if you look at Philly, ugh, and I mean Philly is it, <laughs> so I guess it kind of fits the motif of Philly. But even like San Jose, I'm I, I'm not really that impressed, honestly. It, it just, yeah, you don't you don't want to go to the, you don't want to go to the longest outdoor bar in North America. Yeah, oh, oh boy, <laughs> get excited for that because that's what I want to do during the game is not watch the game. Right, right. You know, it is it is important to a fan to have a place that you can call home and be proud of, and it's your place. And I think that's really the, the motivation behind you know, saying the Citrus Bowl versus uh, our own stadium is to have a soccer-specific stadium that you can go to and know that, you know, I mean, everything from just the little things, I mean, just the little things that make it home, I think are all going to be there. And I mean, this the, the ownership group we have has never done anything half-assed, you know, for, for lack of a better way of saying things. Um, they've always kind of done things the right way. And I think that may have been the motivation too, when all of a sudden it kind of came, push came to shove, and they kind of saw themselves like losing money. And you know, with that thirty million dollars that was lost in the state, all of a sudden they're trying to figure out ways to to, to cut money out of the, the initial plan. And instead of doing that, they're like, let's no, let's let's do what we want. Let's make the stadium we need to have. And I mean, that's fantastic. And and the city's been a great partner, and and they've only been they've only looked good at the end. I think the the city management and, and the um, county people have only gain from this because they're so successful that it's been a, a good thing to get involved with. So, All right, so uh, there is a matchup on Saturday that we probably should talk a little bit about. Um, <laughs> there is, yeah. So the first ever meeting between uh, it's actually a first ever MLS meeting, I should say, because I think we've played you guys a few times in like preseason warm-ups before. Yeah, but, preseason warm Yeah, I, I, I did see Thierry Henry once in my life, so yeah, I definitely <laughs> saw that game. <laughs> so... Um, so First ever matchup in MLS. Uh, Red Bulls traveling down to Orlando on Saturday uh, evening to take on um, the Lions. Since apparently that's your nickname, uh, <laughs> um, I, I imagine that this is going to be a big game in terms of uh, attendance, since it's a New York team that's coming down. Um, I, you know, I obviously talked about it from the Red Bull side on uh, your podcast. Um, so from the Orlando City side, what do you guys? What do you think? is uh, going to transpire on Saturday. And, of course, like we do on our show and you do on your show, uh, scoreline prediction at the end. <laughs> well, I would tell you my scoreline probably has changed since um, last night's win against West Brom, um, West Bromwich Albion. Um, we've had a fantastic game last night. And, um, you know, we played awful versus FC Dallas. But, um, fortunately, Canada and um, El Salvador have gone out of the Gold Cup. So we've got Kyle Lahren and Darwin Saren back. And those are two other guys I could have talked about earlier as being, you know, really exciting players. Um, Kyle Lahren, of course, is our rookie. And Darwin Saren came up with us from the USL days. So, um, so two players again who are critical to our, our, our game plan. Um, you're going to get a, a strengthened club than what, what you saw against FC Dallas. If you saw the FC Dallas game and you thought, well, this looks like a pretty good, um, you know, matchup for us. You know, we've got Kakak coming back from his red card suspension. We've got these guys hopefully coming back from Gold Cup. Um, it'll be Corey Ash's first game. It's our new signing in left back. Um, and he will replace the, uh, red carded, uh, Luke Bowden. Um, so I think, you know, you've got a pretty good lineup there. I think you've got a, a really good solid side, which we haven't had in a while. Um, you know, we're still missing, um, Breck Shea. We're still missing, um, Kevin Molino, who was critical to all of our USL teams and was going to have a breakout year for MLS and then, uh, um, 
get injured for the season. So, um, but yeah, I think so. So I think Saturday, I'm more confident now going into that game. I think we we've got a lot of confidence in the friendly and got a lot of firepower back. So, what was once maybe we were all a little bit nervous about this matchup has gotten a little bit stronger. I think there's maybe a little bit more confidence in, in uh, you know throughout the club now because of that one game. Um, which is what you want to see coming from a friendly. You know, these, these mid-season friendlies are always a little bit awkward, but I think we did the best we could with what we had and came out really well. Um, I think, you know, you alluded to the fact that it's a you know, New York team coming to Florida. There are certainly a lot of your, uh, your co-patriots in Florida. Um, <laughs> lots of New Yorkers live here. Uh, I, I mean, I always laugh when I go to Orlando Magic games because it's like, the Knicks game sometimes. <laughs> so that's, you know, it's gotten better over the years, but certainly early on it was a Knicks game with you know, an Orlando team playing as well. You know, <laughs> um, Now, I think with soccer, now in a, and you know, it's been a little bit different, um, you've got some loyalties. You know, certainly when Columbus came to town, um, when New England came to town, you've got some people who like those teams who live here. But I would say that because of the way soccer in America has worked out and kind of the way things are, those loyalties to, you know, the Knicks versus loyalties to the Red Bull are a little bit different. And so I'll be curious to see. I mean, I mean we always get a nice traveling group. Everyone likes to come to Florida. So and we're a cheap, we're a cheap, cheap visit. So um, everyone comes down and checks out a theme park or two, tailgates with us, and then goes to the game. So I think you're going to have a good number of Red Bull fans traveling to the game as well, um, which will, you know, help with the atmosphere. It's always good to see that too. Um, but I think the Red Bulls will be challenged – by the heat. Um, I think that's one of our home field advantages that you really cannot, you cannot get ready for. Um, we were talking earlier before we started recording today about um, playing in Dallas and Houston, and it's pretty hot down there. Um, but the swamp heat, the humidity here, you know, it, it, you feel it when you get off the plane. You, it's the first thing you feel when you walk off the plane. It just, just all of a sudden you're swimming. You know, basically it feels like you're swimming inside, you know, even though you're on the outside. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think it's gonna be a really interesting game. I think, um, I think the Red Bulls have a really good chance of coming down here and getting some points. Though, um, I would not say this is gonna be an easy game for us by any means. And um, I think we're gonna have to have a really good game against you guys to do well. So my prediction, my prediction before the West Brom game was I think one nothing to Orlando. And I think I may go up to like I may say two one now. I may say we get two goals out of out of, out of our guys, um, but we let one in too because we're you know, we got uh, one guy missing in the back and then one guy suspended. So we have some changes in the back. So maybe I'll say you guys get a goal on us, but um, but I think they'll score too. Real quick, one player. I'm a, home, think- I'm a hometowner, so. Well, of course. I mean, what, that's what we expect. We don't want any different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, one player you need to absolutely watch out for on this team, on the Red Bulls. Um, on the Red Bulls, you know, I think that um, um, Wright Phillips is just. I mean, he's always dangerous. He, I mean, some of the things he's seen, I've seen him do this this season have been like, I'm just kind of like, I don't know how he. I, I would have passed up all an hour ago, you know, <laughs> and, and, and and he makes some stuff happen. So I, yeah, I think that's the guy that I would definitely, definitely want to look out for. So. Should have said Lloyd Sam, just saying. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, there were choices, I know. He said one guy. So. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to give you guys all the credit that I, all you guys can come out here and hurt us because I know a lot, of, a lot of y'all's players can. So. And, of course, Dax McCarty coming home. I mean, he's the one having a That's big right. game here against us, too. So. Oh, yeah. I, wonder if it's, I just wonder if it's a spiritual home or not. That's my only question. So, if you know the, the Dom Dwyer uh, escapades we had earlier with his spiritual home in Orlando. 
So I don't know if that is, I don't know if we'll get him one day or not. If he's it's, it's his spiritual home to play here or not. So. Well, I'm, I'm sure Dax was happy to play more up north, or he is the ginger ninja, so we don't want him to burn you know, every game. <laughs> that is true, yeah, that is true, yeah. All right, so uh, before we let you out of here, I have to allow you to pimp yourself, so uh, where can people find you online, where can they read your stuff, Twitter, all that? Yeah, you can find me on the mainland um, under Kevin Mercer. Um, I write a column on Sundays, and then I write a Wednesday article as well. Um, my Twitter is Kevin Mercer. 225, so it's K-E-V-I-N-M-E-R-C-E-R 225. And please follow me. I'm, I'm a historian, so if you're also into history, you get a little, little bit of both with me, soccer and history, and some soccer history, too. So hmm. That's a, a nice little... Uh, a, a, shit, I was going to say... I, I apparently can't think of words right now. That's just edit, a little edit, 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 No, 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 edit, screw edit, it. Edit, 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 edit. <laughs> <laughs> screw it. I'll let, the, I'll let the people listen to me and my stupidity in terms of thinking of shit on the fly. Um, the, word I was, the word I was looking for, the phrase I was looking for was um, cross-section. So there's a nice little cross-section of interest there. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, uh, I yesterday I actually got a famous historian and a one of the owners of one of the USL clubs following me at the same time, and I was just like, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, this <laughs> is kind of too much all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, and that's a good place to end. <laughs> not, not, there's, there's been worse times for us, but um, we do have to unfortunately get out of here. Uh, so, Kevin, uh, thank you for taking time out to come and talk to us tonight. Um, again, Orlando City versus uh, the New York Red Bulls Saturday night. We'll talk about that in the third segment. Uh, we'll be back with more Red Bull rant right after this. Welcome back to Rebel Rant. Once again, I want to thank uh, Kevin for coming on the show. You can read his stuff at uh, themainland.com, uh, at the main M-A-N-E land on Twitter. They're, they're really about Get the, it? Yeah, Get they're, it? They're really about the puns over there. They like so. puns, and I'm not lying. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Boo. <laughs> That's the only pun we didn't get in there, so... All right, so let's talk about the game coming up. Uh, the Red Bulls will be taking on uh, Orlando City SC on Saturday, uh, July 18th, 7.30 p.m. start time uh, Eastern. game will be on MSG proper. So, woo, woo. Now, hopefully, hopefully your cell reception is better this week. Yeah, um, I won't be. So, uh, Pat uh, was able to tell us what he thought of the, or at least the score line prediction, and he thinks it's going to be a 2-2 draw. Uh, so Truman, you can go first. What do you think is going to happen in the uh, sorry in Orlando on Saturday? Well, I'll say uh, like I got said, turf boo. Hey turf, hey turf games, hey turf away games, turf blows. Uh, I'm sure it'll play a factor. I'm sure the heat play a factor. But like we said earlier, it's hard to beat the Red Bulls when they play like they did this weekend. Yes, against uh, a not so good New England team at the moment. But you know what? Still. Th- that offense looked really, really good. Uh, this is going to be a pr- – I'm guessing this is going to be a really fired-up crowd. Uh, like we were saying, it is a New York team coming down there to play. Good matchup. Uh, there's really one man you have to murder. 
on Orlando. That's Kaká. And if you could, sh- if you can shut him down, which I, I think the Red Bulls could do, there's no reason why they can't get points out of this. I'm going to go out on a limb, a crazy limb, a limb that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Two on Red Bulls. I don't know why. Ooh. Two on Red Bulls. Fuck. Uh, I think they continue to play really well. I think they will shut down Kaká. I think Colin will get red carded for just looking at the referee of the game. I, I can't stand him. He's he's a monster. Just don't like that guy. And uh, I don't know. This is why they can win this game because they've proven to be very tough at home. So, but screw it. Why not? You know, they they go win. They go to Disney World afterward. Everyone has a good time. Uh, so. I get where you're coming from. I think the heat, though, is going to be a little bit more of a factor than people playing on. Um, Jesse Marsh did have the team practicing, uh, like, the middle of the day to help try to get ready for the heat and all that stuff in Orlando. But as if you've ever been to Florida, there, you can't – there is nothing you can do anywhere to plan for that heat. Like, I, my family's been on vac- – I've been on vacation with my family down in Florida enough to know – how oppressive that can get with the humidity down there. Uh, the, the the days that I remember, granted this is more on the coast instead of Orlando, so it's a little different, but I remember uh, one one vacation being on there every day. It would be humid in the morning, rain in the afternoon, and then be humid as hell at night. Like you just there's just such an oppressive heat with the humidity there. You there's no way you can train for it. So I think it's gonna take a little bit more out of the Red Bulls than uh, they plan for. Which is not a good thing considering their stretch, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, however, I still think they're going to be good enough to uh, get away with a point. Um, Orlando's missing some pieces. The Red Bulls seem to be clicking at the right time, even though they're missing uh, their starting left back and starting right back at the moment. I think that they will do enough to get a point. So I'm going to go with a 1 1 draw down in Orlando. Um, and hopefully. The players will not kill themselves in Orlando because of the upcoming stretch that they have afterwards, which is, so after Saturday, they have a match on Tuesday, July 4th, I'm sorry, July 27th, uh, 21st, at 4 p.m. in the U.S. Open Cup with the Philadelphia Union, followed by the very next day at 8 p.m., Chelsea in, t- in the International Champions Cup, and Meaning. then, wait, and then July 26th, Against uh, I uh, Benfica, I, I'm looking at the full name and I don't I've never seen it before, but they're playing Benfica on the 26th. They're gonna have a four game, eight day stretch starting on Saturday. So I hope to God the players are conditioned well enough to survive this this stretch right here. Well, there's only two games that matter that you mentioned, so that's that's Saturday and Tuesday. That's it. So um, like, like we talked about with uh, Dan Forsen last week. Um, most likely what's going to happen with the Open Cup match is that because New York Red Bulls 2 had already played in the Cup and lost, um, the Red Bulls are forced to use whoever's on their senior roster. You'll probably some, see something like a split squad with like five starters in uh, Philly, maybe four against uh, Chelsea, maybe even a full squad against Philadelphia and just run out the NY2 players against Chelsea because honestly, nobody's coming here for the Red Bulls. It's all about Chelsea. And do we really care about winning an ICC? Nope. Really? Nope. I mean, we, we see we see how much the Emirates Cup is floated around here. So right. <laughs> they care about making a few bucks, you know, on a weekday. That's all. And they're gonna they're gonna have three three weeks or three days of matches between 
Um, I don't, I don't even remember who's playing Tuesday night at the arena, but they're having an ICC match on Tuesday night. That's not the Red Bulls. It's, it's two other teams. They're having Chelsea Red Bulls and then Benfica Red Bulls. So, I mean, they're going to get their payday. It doesn't really matter who they yep. use against Chelsea. No, and you're not going to see anybody. You're going to see Sean McClaws, I think. I think you'll see him in that game. You'll see some Leo Stoltz. Why not? I mean, you might see Leo. You could possibly see Leo Stoltz in the Open Cup because he didn't play in the, uh, the Open Cup for NY2. It's just well, possible. I mean, I, again, no, probably not, but it's a possibility. As, as long as the team is comes out of Friday or uh, Saturday pretty much unscathed, they're they're gonna pull out all the stops against Philly, Philly not wanting to move the game, and you know, kind of being silly nannies about the whole thing. So, trust me, they're they're gonna hopefully get with Tuesday. So, I just want to bet you about something real quick about this. Um, I think it came out after we recorded last week that when the Red Bulls were approached with the ICC in January, uh, they had went to U.S. Soccer because the uh, Open Cup schedule had not been set yet. And they said, you know, we had this opportunity coming up. Uh, can If we take this, are we going to be able to schedule around the ICC? Or the, uh, are we going to be able to schedule the Open Cup around the ICC to, to make this work? And U.S. Soccer told them yes. Then the schedule came out for ICC, then, the, or sorry, Open Cup first, then the schedule for ICC in like April, then Philly announced their date, and U.S. Soccer basically said, you need Philadelphia to agree to this. So, if I'm the Red Bulls, I'm giving a big fuck you to the to U.S. Soccer Federation at this point for basically telling me I can schedule around this and be, then be stonewalled at the last minute. Well, that might sound that might sound like sour grapes, but if I'm promised I can do something by the the organizing body, I expect it. Well, I mean, I think they told them right off the beginning: whoever you play has to agree to you know moving the game, which they didn't. So, what can you do? I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. It's still home, so you know what we could do? We could beat Philly. Right. That's all they have to do: beat Philly. Everyone goes home happy. Well, except the Union fans, but that's okay. No, nah, I don't want them to go home happy. I'm talking about actual people, not Philly fans. Sorry, Rich. I apologize. Fair enough. Fair enough. I apologize to Rich because he's the only one listening that, that I care about. Like, only slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else can go to hell. All right. So uh, we have two more things. First, your Truman, your terrible T- team of the tons, week. Tons more things to talk about. Well, There's tons. Wait, wait, hold on. We tons. Got, we got, we got 4,000 things to talk two about. Two segments left. Okay. First is your terrible team of the week. Speaking of Philadelphia. Speaking of them, because you can't pick on them enough, and this will be the third time we've made fun of them. They scheduled their super awesome friendly against Bournemouth. You know, you know that team, Bournemouth, that just apparently showed up in the Premier League. Uh, that was their big friendly that they were pushing and selling tickets. Jay, did you see the pictures? Nope. Uh, five people showed up, I believe. I believe it was five. That doesn't surprise me. Five to ten people showed up. Because who wants to see a recently promoted Premier League team? Right. And now we don't know who's going to show up for the Chelsea game, but I don't care. It's, I'm going to make fun of them. Well, anyway. no. We know who's going to show up for the Chelsea game. They're going to be Chelsea fans. Right. fans. That is true. There will be there will certainly be twice, maybe three times as many people at this Red Bull games wearing Chelsea shirts than there were total at the Philly game. Uh, and then Philly got their asses womped. Uh, four, I believe. Four. To one, which again, there's a really good chance it wants at home <laughs> playing playing their scrubs, but I don't care. Always a good time making Philly. Can't do it enough. Ha 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 ha. Um, yeah, I I can't argue at all with that. Um, so the last segment we have 
Mm. Here's our, our new segment from last week. Uh, the, mm. dumping, the dumping ground. Dumping ground. Da, 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 dump, dump. Total so, power. I don't have anything off the top of my head. Um, is there anything you would like to discuss in the dumping ground? Oh, you better believe there is. Uh-oh. Don Garber, you jackass. You are an a-hole to the upteenth degree of a holishness Is that a word? Can I invent that right now? Sure. Because he is an epic tool, and we all know Don Garb is a tool because he invents rules uh, to allow Ellie to get what they want. But no, he goes above and beyond being a tool, and as his commissioner picks for the MLS All-Star game, which I believe you probably maybe pl- should have played, I don't know, a game in Major League Soccer, his commissioner picks are Fat Frankie Lampard, and one of the greatest players of all time, Steven Gerrard. Now, you know I love me Stevie G. He's great. But he is not an MLS All-Star. And I don't care if this is for ratings. It is a slap in the face to every freaking Major League Soccer player out there. Not to the guys who just don't get picked, but every single player that Don Garber went for a ratings grab, quote-unquote, because still no one's going to watch that game in the uh, greater scheme of things. To get these two guys onto this team. And then I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Taylor Twelman was posting something about the league then deciding to have two more spots open to uh, get two more players in the All-Star game. Too little too late, you asshole Don Garber. Uh, I, I hate you. I'm going to boo you every time I see you on TV or if I, I see you in person again at the next draft. You're getting booed nonstop. You are an a-hole. Is that enough? Can I go on? I could just go on about how he's an a-hole. Yeah, let's, let's talk about other stuff. All right, fine. Um, Don't a-hole. So just just a quick note, if you want to know, learn more about the targeted allocation money stuff. Uh, Nick Abbott wrote a great piece for What's Metro. You should go read it. Um, in the U.S. sell side, they uh, beat division-leading Jersey Express the other day uh, to maintain a playoff spot. They're currently sitting second in the division with the top three teams uh, advancing to the USL. Or sorry, the P, this is the PDL team. I'm sorry, not the USL team. So the PDL teams in second second place going into possible playoffs for the PDL, one year removed from going undefeated in NPSL. So yeah, there you go. Um, and then so we talked a little bit about the blue team in the uh, the, the second segment with our guest. Mm-hmm. We does got more. anybody does anybody remember a certain event that happened when uh, they were here at Red Bull Arena? That mm. that was kind of dangerous. Anyone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mean like uh, smoke devices going off in the crowd mm-hmm. and on the field? Yes, actually, that's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. So, uh-huh. because NYCFC did that, they lost two thirds of their ticket allocation to the match on August 9th against the Red Bulls. Oh. So, that, that's a shame. So Actually, they lost to- more than that. Well, okay, so th- there's two parts to this. So the first part is the Red Bulls took away two-thirds of their ticket allocation, so 1,500 down to 500. Um, NYCFC fans were complaining, of course. Anytime I tried to say, well, you didn't listen to the fucking rules, so like, yeah, well, this is too harsh. Well, you didn't listen to the fucking rules. Yeah, well, the players shouldn't be... Well, do you listen to the fucking rules? It's a simple thing. You were told right. to not to do this, and you did it. You expect a repercussion. It's going to happen. Um, to go along with that, uh, MLS decided to drop the drop the hammer too. <laughs> so just to compound it, um, I gotta pull this up real quick. All right, so 
MLS decided to uh, sanction NYCSC fans for the next four road matches, which are uh, this weekend where they travel to New England, uh, August 9th and travel to the Red Bulls, August 19th in Columbus, and August 23rd in Los Angeles. Uh, sanctions include no instruments being allowed to be brought with them. So they can't bring their uh, their marching band. So you're well, saying street team. It's it's not really it's not really their marching band. It's really the, the team's marching band because the the team pays for it. Or at least that's what I read on a uh, NYCFC Reddit forum. Look at that. They can't, they, yeah. Um. So they're not allowed. To, they're also not allowed to have quote large flags. Whatever the hell that actually is. Nobody seems to understand what it is. And then this is the best part. No tifos to hang upside down. So basically, MLS just saved them the embarrassment of handing tifos. Yeah, pretty much. They, they did them a favor, actually. <laughs> they did them a favor. Someday they'll get Tifo right. Someday they'll know how to hang it properly or actually insult a team. Maybe. Maybe someday. Maybe. Well, but it won't be for the next four away games, so. And honestly, I, I'll, I'll tell you this too. New England doesn't allow anything in anyway, so really, you're not missing much by not allowed to bring, you know, drums and shit in. But again, if you listen to the rules, you don't get fucked over. Simple as that. Well, you know, Jay, they're the most hardcore fan base in MLS, if not the world, so. Oh, do you, do you see that We Are Hooligans photo? Of course I did. Who the fuck is that dude in the bottom right? I, I don't know. He's cool, though. He's the coolest guy <laughs> I've ever seen. He is, like, the most nonchalant hooligan ever. Apparently. He is, man. He's a cool dude. <laughs> he's he's such a badass hooligan. He doesn't need the scarf on his face. Nope. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go find it. I'm sure it's somewhere on the internet. If you find it's it. out there. Don't worry, everybody. It's... Just... Take a look at like a sampling and look at the bottom right corner. That's all I have to do. Um, and laugh. Sorry. So, anything else you want to put in the dumping round? Uh, no, I think we've dumped enough. It's enough right. dumping. Let's dump the hell out of here. All right. So uh, miss Pat. I miss Pat already. I will say that I, I miss Pat. Pat, come back to us. Come back. Come back home. Yeah. Uh, Gu- Guatemala only needs so much uh, compassion for the Gold Cup loss. So don't don't spread yourself too thin out there, buddy. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap up. Um, you can visit us at, uh, uh, shit, I don't even remember the bit.ly links and I don't have it written down. Whatever. Hey, you know what? Screw it. We're not doing the wrap up shit this week. Nope. I'm getting the like fuck it. out of here. I don't feel you like know, it. You know where to find us? If you don't know where to find us at this point, what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Listen, if you're a first time listener, it's called at Red Bull Rant on Twitter. The end. Everything is there. Yeah. Suck it uh, up. If, yeah. If, if you're, if you're, this is your first episode, well, you miss Pat. Yeah, yeah, we have a third guy. And you you only missed it for two thirds of the show anyway. So, um, all right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Any words before we leave? Uh, besides a a double dose of a win. Wait, is double is it double or triple dose? Oh, who who cares what happens? I'm I'm asking. That's all. I'm I'm not allowed to ask questions. I don't care. There's, I, all I ask for is two wins. I'm not going to get greedy and ask for an exhibition win. Let sure. the Giants play. Bring in the Giants. Bring in, bring in the JPP with his nine fingers. He can, he can play in that game. He's got nothing else to do. Well, he doesn't have suspension from the substance abuse stuff. Whatever. Where does it not care? Where does it not He's care? Got nine fingers. He's got nine fingers. Who cares? He's got nine fingers. All right. So for Truman and myself, this is episode number 151 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out.